Hey listener, thanks for being here. I'm Ludo. And I'm Marge. And this is Speak It Out, a podcast by Shrink It Out. Here, we tell your stories and share our thoughts and encourage debate on psychological and social well-being. Hello everyone, welcome back to our podcast Speak It Out. This is the first episode of our new season, so we're very excited to get started. Today, we're going to talk about a very important topic, a very big topic, um, which is coping with loss. We have a very special guest here with us. Hank, hello. Uh, hello. Um, well, thanks for inviting me for, for this uh, this podcast. Um, my name is Hank Schut. I work at Utrecht University in the Netherlands. I've done research for almost 40 years now. I'm getting old, I'm afraid. Uh, almost 40 years on uh, on grief and bereavement. I've worked closely with a couple of people, but specifically with Maggie Strober. Mm-hmm. And together we've done a lot of research and developed what's, what's called our dual process model, which is basically the reason why you invited me, I think, Margarita. Is there anything you want to know other than that about me? Maybe just like, have you always been, like, is this uh, like loss and grief always been your main area of focus or um, when did you start delving into this topic? Ah, yeah, well, it it, it all started, um, I guess, when I was 10, to be honest. Um, my nephew, who was then three, uh, lost his life in an accident, in a car accident. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I remember quite vividly that that uh, when I entered the room where my sister, the mother of the child, and my brother-in-law were, were that my sister was was crying and shouting and angry, and uh, and my brother-in-law was just just well in himself. He didn't see the world around him, and and as as. As a child, I didn't understand what was going on then because I knew they both loved their child dearly, and yet they were so differently. And I think that that image stuck in my mind. And uh, when I started studying psychology years later, um, I had to come up with some sort of a topic that I needed to specialize in. And this was still an image that was very vividly in my mind and I thought I want to disentangle why that response was so different. So that that started my my scientific thinking about that. Uh, I realized that there were so many more questions when we talk about something that is so such a normal experience actually in, in life. Uh, and and that as, a, as psychologists we don't know the answer to yet. Or even worse, sometimes we think we have the answer while we actually don't have them yet. So that 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 kept me going all those years uh, on on a topic that that well, if if you're at a party and you say that that your expertise is grief and bereavement and death and dying, that, that that's party killer, <laughs> basically. Um, but to me, it isn't. It, it, it's certainly not not uh, something that that kills my joy in life because I like to think of it as looking at love and looking at relationships through a mirror almost. Um, 
if if you you only know what you have when you lose it. Mm-hmm. So we can talk about meaningful relationships while we have them, but we don't know. It's it's like asking a fish how the water is, and um, once you lose it, then you really know what it means for you, for you. So so yeah, in 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 a way, I think grief is about paying the price for love. And if you approach it from that angle, then then it is actually a very uh, essential talk, topic that we're talking about yeah. in, in sad circumstances, though. But that makes it a very valuable to- topic to talk about. Wow. Well, <laughs> that was really powerful. So thank you so much for like sharing it here with us. I think part of what you were saying now um was also trying to define grief, which is also the first real, let's say, question that we wanted to to ask you. Well, that basically there's a narrow and, and a broad definition. Uh, I'm specifically talking about a loss of, of persons uh, through death, but you can also talk about grief after divorce or uh, when, when when you lose your mind through Alzheimer, or you lose a limp, or you lose your country, uh, or you lose your future, or well, whatever, that that's the broad definition that's often used, um, or, or the, the the broad perspective that's often used. But in in a narrow way, well, you can think of it as the emotional experience of, of yeah, basically of psychological, behavioral. Uh, social and physical, perhaps even in spiritual reactions to to uh, the loss of somebody who's uh, of a significant person, and if you broaden the definition, is the loss of a significant uh, situation or circumstance that you have, or aspect of personality or identity, and and if that that then broadens it up a little bit. Um, thank you. I believe grief is something that most people go through in in their lives. Um, but like, I still feel like there's a lot of misconceptions around it. I really admire the way you talk about it because it's, you like make it so you kind of normalize it in a, in a way. Um, well, I feel like that's not always the case when people talk about grief. So I want to know what are your uh, thoughts and like misconceptions surrounding the topic and things like that. Yeah, th- thanks for for noticing that, Margarita, uh, because I really try to think of it as a, as a very painful and frightening thing for people, but it is a normal thing. Yeah. And um, we, we live in a society in these days where we try and fix everything almost, and, and I don't really believe that psychologists or actually anybody is there to fix grief uh, and yet you see that sometimes I, I was a couple of years I was at a, at a conference in London and talking to, to uh, a whole full of medics uh, about grief which was an off topic topic of course to, to, to talk about and I asked them what would you do if, if there were medication against grief if if we could solve grief immediately by giving them a pill, who would subscribe that? And it was about sixty percent of people raising their hands. And I thought, my God, we're we're, we're, we're here. We're losing 
something very meaningful in life because it it grief is is difficult grief is painful uh but it's also something that makes you human and it makes you feel connected to people who are really valuable and significant to you people you love and people who loved you and if we could just well switch a button and then go for somebody else try and start a new relationship well that, that, that certainly wouldn't be my my world of I, I would want to live in i think it's meaningful to 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 sometimes through that pain also realize how important that relationship was for you uh so that that that's one of the reasons why i'm 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 always slightly hesitant to to consider it in in terms of a pathology or something it's it's just this condition of life and we need to live with that and we need to face it and we can grow from it actually if we if we embrace that thought for ourselves that that once we'll all die there's an end to our lives and 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 we better be aware of it so we can actually uh live in such a way that that um it becomes more meaningful because there's an end to it and and also in the, in that more social sense that 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 the people that we have we can't take them for granted we can't take them for granted because well they can just leave us but in the end they can also just die and then we're left without them and um i think in in a way that that deepens our life i think so so well that in response to to to, to the remark that you made sorry for, for taking a couple of minutes for that because i but i really think that that's important one of the strongest uh approach of grief is 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 that it actually follows stages and and and, and there there's a work of elizabeth kubler ross let me be clear i think that elizabeth kubler ross has done a lot of very good work when in in dealing with with death and dying for instance i think her work on on dying people well it's it's very difficult to 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 overrate it because that was very important work but she almost translate or she translated what she saw with dying people to bereaved people and first of all she did that as some sort of a descriptive model where where she said well people go through five stages of phases denial anger bargaining depression acceptance and then move on with life but slowly but surely that became a prescriptive model you need to feel anger you need to be depressed uh, because otherwise you can't go on you can't reach the end of grief whatever that is and that still is very popular and there's just no evidence whatsoever for stages of grief so i i, I basically think that it, it it's fine if you want to think in terms of five stages but you, please use them descriptively and not prescriptively and and if it makes sense to to somebody who's bereaved well that's fine but just don't think that that is the biblical truth or anything it's just one way of trying to make sense of something that's very difficult so that, i i think that's that's one one 
main thing I think we need to think differently about. But there's other other things too. I think that that venting your emotions um, that that's that's often advised as, as well at, at least confront your emotions, uh, get it off your system, etc. Well, this sometimes works, but sometimes doesn't work either. And it certainly isn't the gospel truth that that that's always helpful. Uh, and perhaps and now I'm, I'm I'm getting an ex a bit of a scary area, but but grief is if if you look at the area of grief, it's 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 very much a, a, a feminine area. Um, a lot of researchers are women. Um, a lot of people who are bereaved are women too. Um, most of the, the marriages that end up with with death of one, it, it, it's it's women who are left behind because they live longer. It's also that, that women are more inclined to to seek help after they lose somebody. So in 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 in, um, in healthcare, you more often see women having difficulties in dealing with grief. And I think that that has caused some sort of a bias there because there, there's we've often ignored a more female, more male aspect of grief. And I remember when my mother died some thirty years ago. Uh, I didn't feel like talking. I didn't feel like showing my emotions or anything. I just started cutting wood for the fireplace and a day later I had enough wood for, for three winters I think but it really felt good and that was my way of dealing with that it, it wasn't the only thing I did of course but it, it was something that really was meaningful for me at that point it really helped me to, to do something physical to, 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 to become um, tired uh, and and to be working or something like that, and and I've never seen any item in any grief questionnaire which uh, covered cutting wood or anything. <laughs> that would be ridiculous, of course, to have such an item. I realize that, but it it it, it that that more male approach towards grief is something that that needs attention too. I think in uh, when we're talking about grief. Yeah, to, uh, I think this is a great moment to um, go into what you actually uh, researched and the theory that you developed. Uh, so do you want to introduce it and say a bit about it? Yeah, uh, well, that, 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 like I said, it was developed by Maggie Strober and me uh, back in, in, in the last century. Well, the content is, is not that difficult, to be honest. It's... it's um, we consider grief as, as some sort of this, this when when dealing with loss, when coping with loss, there's basically there's two important areas that you need to focus on. One is that that loss aspect of it, which is more the traditional way of looking at grief and grieving. So you need to deal, yeah, you need to accept the fact that somebody has died. Uh, you need to to to. Uh, yeah, to face the intrusions that grief brings with it, um, and, and and all the emotional aspects of it, etc., etc. Well, basically traditional grief as it was looked at until then. But we also saw that there, or, or 
well we saw no what 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 we um suggested was that that grief actually has a, a sec, second area too which is more what we call restoration oriented coping it's it's dealing with changes in life which are not necessarily related to the loss but with the absence of the dead person so just to give an example because this 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 sound a bit vague probably but um when your partner dies and you have children um uh, your children still need to attend school at at, at 8:30 and you need to make breakfast for them etc that is not necessarily something that is a loss related area but if your partner always took care of that then it's something you need to learn to do or the financial chores if 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 your partner was always dealing with the finances and with the insurances and with the mortgage being paid etc that's something you need to learn it's a consequence of having lost your partner but it's it's more oriented to to, to um regaining some sense of control over life um on on the aspects that ha- that the loss has impacted on do you often feel the brief people are are mentioning and that I've actually felt myself too you walk through the street and you you smell uh the perfume that 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 you know from from somebody who works before you and just just one minute you think well ah there she is again and it's basically it's just perfume and then that's switching to that uh, to that loss oriented part of, of 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 grief almost and then and then back to well you have to buy socks so you, you, that's why you were in the streets anyway uh but it, it it's that that dynamics that that that's uh that we think is is part of of making grief so difficult if you could just focus on i've lost somebody and i need to know how that feels and i need to go through how that feels well that 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 how painful it is but it 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 sounds like you can focus on one thing but it's also focusing on the other things that have changed and all that is happening actually in in just daily life it's just a way of looking at grief that's that's more um liberating people to feel what they feel and to do what they do and to think what they think uh when they're in such a difficult situation as grief is to a lot of people i think i i really i do resonate with the model personally and i like the only tricky part about it i think is this like oscillation component like how do you define this oscillation and when when is it like um when does then perhaps grief become problematic is it when the oscillation is not present for example yeah yeah that that that's a very good question because that that is a, a very tough aspect of it that oscillation is 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 the basically it's the essential part of of the model it's 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 very difficult to test in research mm-hmm. that that was the conclusion of that systematic review of fury 2 that that we need to pay attention to that and we're working on on methods for trying to 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 well to try and grasp it almost mm-hmm. 
I think in, uh, if if we take it away from the research perspective, but but look at it in in, in terms of what grief is, I, I I think that early on after treatment, and I'm talking about first couple of months, I think that the dynamics you almost see it happening all the time, even when people are trying to get some sleep. You almost see that 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 uh, that switch from the one to the other, you see that that continuing. The way we look at it is it's something that slowly but surely in in time after breathing that 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 restoration oriented becomes more important and that, that oscillation between the two is becoming disbalanced towards that restoration orientation. Mm-hmm. If if you wanna look at at a derailment of grief, then then you can easily see that if people get stuck in it in that loss orientation that that could be prolonged grief for instance mm-hmm. if people get stuck in that in that dynamics mm-hmm. of the of that oscillation process perhaps we're talking about ptsd or or traumatic grief or something like that and if people get stuck in that orientation uh coping area and even if it happens in the beginning already and then it could be something that 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 has not been established at all at this moment, but something like absent grief. Mm-hmm. Some people just don't grieve, and they seem to be yeah. doing fine. And I think that that uh, to me that is a, a, such a fascinating thing. Mm-hmm. I, I've I've seen it in 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 in, in my own my own circle too. That it's not because they didn't love the person who died. It's just that they are capable of moving on immediately. They don't need to talk about it. They don't need to 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 show their emotions about it. They don't. Well, they just pick up life as if it was, and and they're not avoiding it or anything. Is my impression. Mm-hmm. It's just how they seem to be going about it, and maybe they are. Disbalanced in that in that restoration orientation already, and and dealing with that, and 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 I don't have any indication that 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 something goes wrong there. But mm. then again, that whole absent grief thing is something that's been absent in research too thus far. So we can only speculate on that. And if I had a second life, I would probably focus on mm-hmm. absent grief to to get to the bottom of that because it's a very difficult concept of of course. It's it's a bit like black holes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think also so we can uh reach towards a conclusion. Like I I got this question from a friend and I was wondering, like it, it's very hard to put a like a timeline to grief. Like when is it um like when is it been too long? What do we ever actually stop grieving? Like all of this topic uh, I wanted to know your thoughts on. Yeah, t- t- time and grief is a difficult topic indeed. Um well, yeah. Well, well, if if we look at uh, the ICD, the DSM, uh, the International Classification of Diseases, or the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, then it, it's well, they don't completely agree on it, but it's something like a year or half a year for a disorder to be to be diagnosed. That then it's taking too long. I think, to be honest. Uh, grief loss 
much longer for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and so if if the question is when when can I reach out for help, then I think if if after half a year or a year and you you, mm-hmm. you have the feeling you're not making progress. And it's still that same excruciating pain that you feel, and it interferes with your daily life, and you're feeling happy. Then I think it would be very good to 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 go look for professional help. Don't try and do that too early because it's something that perhaps is something that needs to be gone through too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if if you have the feeling that you, because grief is a process. And if you have the idea it's not a process anymore, but that that it's stable and staying the same over time and and it 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 interferes with with what you're trying to do and trying to achieve in life, I think then then it would be a good possibility uh, a good a, a good idea to to try and get some help there if if the question is when does grief end to be honest i I, I don't think it ever ends. It's and these are not my words. I, I just quote. I think it was Colin Murray Parks who said that grief is not something you get over. You just get used to it, uh, and it can always, at certain moments, even twenty or thirty or forty years after the fact, it can still just just erupt because of a song you hear on the radio or a highlight in life. If if uh one of the children uh is, is is getting married or with the first grandchild that that you have and, and things like that there's there's always a reason for pangs of grief it's it you can say well it's 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 a sad message that you have to bring if you say well it, it it's never over but on the other end i think it's it's still something that 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 means that that it's a lasting relationship and a lasting um scar that you have and, and that's something you need to take care of and you need to find some sort of a way to try and change that physical relationship that you have into something that that still is a meaningful relationship with that you have with somebody who isn't there anymore i think that's more grief than than trying to sever the ties or anything like i really also like the fact that you say uh, of establishing a new relationship with the person who isn't there yes. I think that's a such a big part of it yeah yeah and difficult of course yeah. so yeah we like mentioned so many things what is grief individually you spoke about your own experience and um yeah basically the one of the main points was like how like the subjectivity and the individuality the experience of grief and then your model which I think we very much appreciated um and yeah in general we just really wanted to thank you so much for joining us for such and like a nice conversation on an important topic um like thank you for taking your time and we we really really appreciated it um so yeah thank you from us You're welcome. It it was a pleasure, actually. And thanks for inviting me. Mm